0: hey folks welcome back to printables pronouncements podcast i'm bruce from printable got Stephen fair out of campus inc our guest just had to leave actually um the alarms are going off in the prison i don't yeah <laughs> she said it was the fire alarm but she's also in a prison so i like i my thoughts are running around but we've got esther weiss from montana um women's prison a pretty cool story. she runs a screen printing shop in the prison, and she tells us a little bit more about that. Uh, you think was Bruce, cool.
1: pretty impressive. half million dollars of revenue can only sell to certain organizations pretty insane
0: exactly government organizations and other prisons, but there's a lot of work
1: and, um but- I learned more about the correctional pro like correctional programs today than I have in a minute um super super interesting interview so yeah Yeah.
0: all right this is a good show let's dive on in
2: my uh roof is a chain link fence so it's not very soundproof at all my office is kind of like a big cubicle office but three out of four sides are glass like plexiglass so i sit in a bubble when i do my computer work and right in the middle of the production floor and the door that opens and closes just kind of slams all the time, so they know that they're supposed to be being a little bit quiet, so they're not running big embroidery machines while I'm doing this.
0: Let me let me give the the uh, reason why maybe that there's a um, you're in the setup that you are right now. <laughs> Is it Esther Weiss? Am I saying that right? The last yes. name. You know, for people listening, this all came together about 12 hours ago because I saw something really cool on Facebook that Esther posted. Um, so, I, I'm just going to read it real quick, and then I'll start to give a little bit more of the backstory that I was looking up. So, uh, Esther, you wrote, I run a fairly successful shop in Montana. It's like, all right, cool. That's standard. There's a photo here of like someone working on a forklift or doing something here, but it's in Montana's women's prison. We have screen printing, embroidery, and sublimation, and the men's printing already offers print and signage services. Uh, we recently upgraded both embroidery and screen printing. What do you think would be a good investment to continue to grow the shop and invest in DTF? What, what do you think? Which is a separate topic, but um, so you're you're in Billings, Montana, at a 250 bed correctional facility called Montana Montana Correctional Enterprises, and you provide work experience.
2: I'll just correct you a little bit. Um, All right,
0: perfect. All right, we'll transition I'm- it to you here. There.
2: That's fine. Uh, So Montana Correctional Enterprises is actually the industry's programs within all of DOC, Department of Corrections. And my business is inside of the Montana Women's Prison. And it's technically a government business, um, so all of our programs are self-supporting. They pay my wages um, as well as the inmate workers here. And then um, we have three staff people. One program we didn't mention in the post is we have a really successful dog training program here.
1: I have hey, so many dog? questions. I have so I many would, questions. I deep into the dog thing, but you're right. We should go back to that. Okay, so I have to unpack this a little bit because there's a lot there. So your business is in in the correctional facility. Did you start it? Like, walk me through how that works.
2: Okay, so uh, the Montana Women's Prison, like you said, has about 250 inmates, um, and they, when they first get to prison, they get a 30-day supply of hygiene items like shampoo, conditioner, razors. They're supposed to get a job in order to buy those items themselves, um, and so that's really their only expenses in prison besides stamps and envelopes and uh, video phone calls and phone calls. So. Um, All the other expenses of the program are paid, not of the program, but all the expenses of the inmates are paid by state taxpayer money. So it costs about $50,000 per year to house one inmate. Um, And so part of the mission of the Montana Correctional Enterprises programs is not to just provide training to inmates while they're in prison but also to help take that tax burden down off of the state taxpayers.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. And, and how, so you're saying they're supposed to pay for their stuff. So it sounds like this is like a mini community inside the prison then of yeah. jobs to get to buy stuff
2: yeah and there's a lot of other jobs in the prison too like um the inmates run the kitchen here they have a full kitchen and they run three meals a day they have a laundry service here um and then there's like an admin group that takes care of taking inmate pictures and um selling their hobby items they have a big hobby program here the women are really into making crocheted items as well as um Christmas cards or any kind of greeting card is kind of the main operation down at the hobby store. So some people make jewelry, things like that, and they can sell them in Deer Lodge at the hobby store there um, to get some extra money. So the Montana Correctional Enterprises jobs are just the jobs that bring in money from the public
1: interesting so how did you get involved so l- let's talk about scale what like how big is the shop we always get this question at trade shows like what kind of shop do you run just so we can yeah. kind of understand scale because so um, had- there's forklifts and stuff in the pictures like how big of a shop is oh. in there
2: yeah so the forklift is actually just training that we provide to the inmates um We have a pre-apprenticeship program here through the Department of Labor where they get a certificate after they do a certain number of hours of training. And we add important classes like warehouse safety, OSHA 10, forklift safety, personal protective equipment, lots of different kind of uh, relevant classes. Um, And so that forklift class that I posted a picture of um they did that while I was on vacation and they just took a bunch of pictures and um when they first started doing it I thought Stephen, it was kind you, of
1: did you take that class or no I I did not take that class because there's a famous Stephen picture had of me A me crashing boo-boo. a forklift oh, no. with a bunch of shirts
2: that's funny I actually didn't take it either and one time I had to drive the forklift around the block and uh I just got in it and started it up and started driving like I think I can figure this out. So it's not rocket science but I didn't think it was all that useful at first because we don't have a forklift in our shop and so I don't feel like if you train someone to use something that that training is very relevant if they don't have an opportunity to continue to use those skills but after we did it a couple times the ladies they love it so much and uh, everybody in the prison wants to take it so We've kind of got the system down now easy enough that it's not a big impact, so we can continue to offer that. But your question was, um, what's our shop like? So um, I normally have anywhere from 10 to 14 workers out here. Um, Inmates are called workers and staff are called staff. Uh, I don't know. That's just a culture thing. But um, we have four embroidery machines, two six heads, one four head and one single head. Um, So, we generally have two operators and one or two people who are trained in digitizing logos. Um, Mm. Then, in our screen print department, we currently have a six-head V2 and a four-head V1. I'm replacing that four-head right now with another four-head V2. So, in there, we usually have two full-time operators. In the summertime, we'll hire a support. And then, uh, we have a gal that does graphic design and she's really great. I caught a lot of, um, flack on that post, uh, not only for the amount that I was standing
0: in- up for you, I was standing yeah. up for you because it was, anyway, go tell, say why too.
2: Um, the reason is that one, people really disagree with how much they get paid. And I kind of agree with this. If I could do better, I would, um, the, inmates get paid between 40 and 85 cents an hour in our traditional work programs. And, uh, so I know most of the people on that pot, on that, um, page are like garage startups or, you know, kind of everybody, but, um, you know one of the comments was like well of course you can make money pay him that I do think that there's a lot of things wrong with the criminal justice system I have a degree in criminal justice but um this is just where I found that I could help the most and so I don't really worry too much about it I do want to get more involved and listen to the legislative committee on justice and you know learn more about the court system and stuff but for now like I connect with these women so easily And uh, I really do feel the ability to help them and improve the outcomes of their life. So that's kind of my work is my paycheck. Um, And so, you know, training them and making sure that uh, they have a really good, like, dynamic set of skills and a resume before they leave, like, is kind of my top priority at work all the time. So...
1: And it's it's not like Esther, you're just like profiting off of low wages. Um, no. Like they determine, yeah, like it's it's a public service at the end of the yep. day as well. Um, I, I, I
0: basically I wrote that. Yes, at first glance, it's like wow, you're paying them. But okay, ignore that. Say basically we're paying them nothing because it's uh, like what did you say it was ten cents or forty um, cents? Forty cents an hour. And so
2: it's the highest. But I'll tell you about some other um, programs that we have after we're done talking about this.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think, though, if you basically round down to zero, that's like you're taking an apprenticeship. And if like you're switching careers or you're learning something. Absolutely. You have to just shadow people and learn that. I mean, there's no better way to pick this stuff up than be in it and doing it um, and following somebody who knows what they're doing and then taking those skills and going somewhere else.
2: I was really lucky to come into a shop with a group of women who absolutely 100% knew their jobs because I came from a background in sewing, manufacturing, and a lot of just management and uh, production schedules and that sort of thing. So I didn't know how to screen print or embroider and Rogue Printers was kind of my main resource. Well, when I first started, there was a t-shirt forum. That's cool.
0: Yeah, kind yeah, um, yeah, sure of yep.
2: All over the place, and I Old couldn't school. really find information in there very well. But the rogue printers, um, I didn't post on there for a long time, and I'd be a little gun shy now. I felt pretty good about how politically correct my responses seemed, and I didn't get uh, fired up or engaged with the people that told me that I wasn't, I wasn't a leader because I called her my designer. But I was curious about what other shops call their employees. Do you say my screen? That's printer?
0: stupid. It's stupid. No, <laughs> no I, you you are one hundred percent correct to not go deep into you know Facebook comments of random people who everybody has different opinions and thoughts yeah. and comes from different backgrounds. It definitely so. made
2: me a little gun shy about. I that. bet. I bet. Fortunately,
0: yeah. it's just Facebook comments too.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was wondering I, if I was going to get roasted today. I'm assuming you kind of been no, out of.
1: There's, look, like, <clears throat> Shirt Show has a cool Discord they put out. That's a, it's a more friendly, um, yeah, friendly space. Print Girl, Girl Mafia has got a cool friendly space as well. There's a lot of keyboard warriors out there that are just yeah. so. Confident in their keyboards, like I don't know if it's the Q W E R T Y, but like you know, they they just feel the need. Um, sometimes it happens, and uh, it's kind of unfortunate. We should be we should be better about it in our industry. But anyways. Impressions 2023 is back.
0: Really excited. It's January 20th to 22nd. We're going to be there. Booth 3109 next to all the rock and partners there in the big atrium. So come see us, grab a demo, see what's new, uh, meet with your success manager. We're going to be with the whole Inktavo game. That's Printavo, Inksoft, and Graphics Flow all in one area. 3109. We'll see you in January 20th to 22nd. All right.
1: Later. Hey, Bruce. uh, want to stop for a second to talk about our amazing sponsors. Who do we got today? All right.
0: First off, Source. If you guys are looking for a solution that can help with
1: production art, I'm
0: talking SEPs, mock-ups, creative art, order management, digitizing. fair I know, is even using them to create online stores. They can be able to help you. They've been doing it for over 30 years to be able to help shops specifically manage production art. So no one... No more having a person manage this and training them and retraining and so they leave, rehiring, blah, 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 blah. Use the Printavo pod for 50% off your first Vector Sep or Embroidery order. That's graphxsource.com. And the best part is they plug right into your Printavo account. They set up the statuses and they manage it remotely and they're plugging and chugging.
1: I heard they're building some cool things on the Printavo API last time I checked. Um, Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. The Printavo. uh, Yeah, that's pretty sick. Bruce, um, have you heard of Multicraft underscore daddy? Um, If you need ink supplies or a daddy, (laughs) Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years has been providing you with top brands at competitive prices. If you mention the Printavo podcast, you're going to receive an extra 10% off your first order now is the time to get emulsion before it freezes and it doesn't ship well um Dave Eggers is working on something special I've heard so daddy's in the garage daddy's in the basement he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna come out of the world and, and surprise us with something so stay tuned and follow him on Instagram um Bruce who do we got next
0: Love it. All right. Supercolor just went over to their facility in LA. Unbelievably cool what they've got going. Can't wait for a shop tour. Um, But they've got a really cool guide you should check out at supercolor.com slash print hustlers, or click the link in the description here too. Basically, it's just a best practices guide for everything. So high color count designs, gradients, hard to print locations, what heat press to buy, how to price, if any of these resonate with you, check out this guide. I downloaded it. Um, you can't see this, but I've got the heat press set up right here on my desk. I was doing a little work helping my wife last <laughs> did night. Did you get your new
1: heat press, Bruce? I did not. Christmas You're is coming. Tell to order though. it. Christmas, Christmas is coming. Co- Ooh, that's a heavy Christmas present. That's gonna <laughs> yeah. Be heavy.
0: This little one is ridiculous. All right. Supercolor.com slash pronouns. Just check out the guide.
1: I uh, I texted Rum last night at 10 p.m. and said, Rum, I need this by Friday. Can you make it happen? He goes, yep. Just send it over. Um, boss. Don't everyone do that to him at the same time or then uh, I uh, was going to say no. To <laughs> but anyways, um, Bruce, I, I don't know about you, um, but you shouldn't spend all day cleaning dirty screens. Easyways <laughs> line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficient, efficiently, and will cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. At Campus Inc, we use 701 and 842. Bruce uses EasyGlide. Um, those are the chemicals we use to clean our dirty screens. And uh, if you value a company to help with the how-tos, best practices and questions, EasyWay is there. They are the easiest way. Give them a go. All right, Bruce, let's get back to the episode. Um, yeah. I digress. Right, how
0: how does the shop start <laughs> there, right? Like, how so why a screen start? printing
1: business? <laughs>
2: Well, that was kind of before my time. So uh, one of the things that I remember from the guy that um, trained me is he said that when he started here, there was over 20 people working in here and he didn't really know what any of them were doing. Um, And so they had some PISAP programs and I'll explain that in detail um, when I'm finished, but basically they were assembling um, gun straps and, um, I don't know, that's all I can really remember is the gun straps, but they just had these little assembly programs and they had hired way too many people. Um, and so he, lo- he started looking for something, one, that didn't already exist at the men's prison and two, that was easy enough to, for him to learn and to train. There was already one embroidery machine here, and they were using that. And so he built on that and added more embroidery and really reached out to all of the government agencies and nonprofits locally to build a customer base. Um, And so basically, uh, you know, he started with a heat transfer business, I think. And then uh, it eventually evolved into screen printing and continued to grow. He set this shop up really nice. Got it. When I left my previous job, which was at Mystery Ranch Backpacks in Bozeman, Montana, I did production coordinating, sewing machine operator, all different kinds of leadership jobs there, Um, but I was burnt out. And uh, so I started looking for work and I found this job and it was weird because I kind of thought that I knew the person that was doing it, like he rented a trailer for my mom. So I called her and I was like, is this Kevin's job I'm applying for? And he, she was like, I bet it is. You need to call him. So, uh, he kind of coached me through like up to the interview process and thought I was a good fit for the job. And it was good for me because I had the backpacks and then I had this degree in criminal justice that I never used um and so when I did the interview I just felt like it was intense there was four people there and uh but I felt like I had really good answers for the questions and when I walked out I just thought if they find someone that's better for that job they're like a dead ringer you know (laughs) because I felt like I had what it took so um I got the job and when I got here there was just one sewing machine in the middle of the room that they used to uh sew on a patch once in a while, and so I was like, well, we need to find a way to make money with that sewing machine, and uh, so I just started contacting, you know, old manufacturing clients, and I found out that in there's a federal law that says that you're only allowed to ship inmate-made goods over state lines. Uh, with a special certification through the Department of Justice. And it turns out that that certification already existed in our shop, and we did one project where we cleaned a bunch of glue off of some boots, a pallet of boots for a company called Sims that sells uh, fishing gear. And so uh, after we were done with that project, he had me quote their waiting belts. And uh, he never got back to me, and I didn't know enough at the time for it to matter, so I asked my boss, like, what can we do to get these sewing machines in action, you know? And so he said, I have someone that's trying to get some sewing stuff done they don't have time for at the men's prison, so let's try that. So we went with Jelt Belt, which is a company out of Bozeman, Montana, that builds um, really fancy belts out of um, recycled materials they have a sticky gel inside that sticks to your pants so when you bend down it doesn't go down with your pants and you don't really have to have (laughs) belt loops and um so they came and toured here and i just built their belt right in front of them and gave them a price and told them i could do it no problem and uh they knew that i worked for mystery ranch and that kind of like set them in because they uh, Mystery Ranch is really like a top-end brand in Montana. Well, they're now they're international, but um, everybody prides in the fact that My- Mystery Ranch builds in Montana and um, hires in Montana and that sort of thing. So um, I got that business going, and I ordered another sewing machine, and then um, Sims eventually came back to me and said, asked me to quote that belt again. So I just kept buying more sewing machines and. Um, just when to did it turn
0: into the screen printing?
2: Oh, the manual press was here when I got here, both of the manual presses. So I just had to learn how to do it from the ladies that were doing it. I didn't even, I spent like two days training with them. I've never pushed ink on a shirt. Um, but I have solved a lot of problems in screen printing in the seven (laughs) years that I've been here.
1: I bet. I Uh, bet. So so Esther, where do you, so when it comes to like screen printing embroidery, do you have, where do you get your customers from? Are they other government agencies? Are they like a community? Like what are the restrictions and rules for who you can sell to?
2: I can only sell to government agencies. And nonprofits. They don't have to be like a legitimate nonprofit, but just not a for profit business. Um and then I can sell to for profit businesses, but I have to use our dealer network. And so that just allows somebody in the community to make some money off of our oh, project. Broker.
0: Okay. So um, so that way you wouldn't like underprice or compete because exactly. obviously your your overhead is way lower, I got yeah. It.
2: And that is one of my goals for our shop is that I can get a PICEP program started in screen printing and embroidery. So the steps to those goals are like finding a customer base that makes sense for us. I don't really wanna do retail shop stuff, but I will if I have to. Um, I think that restaurants or uh, work crews and safety crews would be a good fit. Um, And so I'm gonna spend some time in 2023. I've never done sales as my job. I do a lot of customer service, Um, but I do have a salesperson here who travels to different government and nonprofit trade shows. Um, And then she uh, spends about half of her time out of the office just trying to connect with new customers. Um, And so I think I'm gonna like start a competition with her because I recently went on vacation and one of my friends that I um, traveled with has never met a stranger in her life. She talks to every single person she sees. And so I took a page out of her book and I've just been stepping it up and talking to anybody that I see. And I recently got approved to have a pizza party in the prison, which is not normal and uh so i met a woman in the thrift store that said she did flower arrangements so i asked her to come into the prison and teach the ladies about making flower arrangements for our christmas party
0: nice nice okay i'm just picturing this in a movie or a tv show right and it's just like uh you know i'm 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 working in a shop with other inmates i'm kind of like looking behind my shoulder right <laughs> like but is it like low crime or like can you give examples of, of Oh, uh, yeah. What you can say of people that are involved yep. doing this and having equipment?
2: Absolutely. So, access. we kind of have everything here. Um, one thing about women is they get um, sentenced for a less amount of time um, and they don't commit as serious of crimes as men. And so, an average stay for a woman in prison is um, nine to 18 months. Um, and so. We do have long-term people here, and I try to keep make sure that the people in the shop is a good mix of people that will get out of prison on a regular basis, um, and long-term people help stabilize that workflow. So, um, got it and train and do that stuff. Yep, there's one long-term person in every department, Um, and so I have people who, um, you know, killed their husband or were in abusive relationship and. Um, I have people who, um, you know, had financial crimes or, uh, Montana only has one women's state women's facility. So they do have one thing that's really interesting about Montana's justice system is their sentencing guidelines. So... i'm pretty sure it's one of the only states where when you get sentenced you get sentenced to the department of corrections and they get to choose whether you're um, housed securely or in the community so we have a really big probation and parole department and so if a woman gets a 20-year sentence in the news she'll spend a quarter of that time in prison for sure um So, somebody who killed their husband is common for them to get a 20 to a 30 year sentence. um, And then they see the parole board after eight years. And that's actually one of my favorite timelines for people to hire because I think in eight years I can teach them very well how to be screen printers, embroiderers, low turnover. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, administrative assistants. And then uh, leaders. I once paroled someone who had been here for eight years, and when we wrote her resume, I felt like she could be the manager of any shop that so she walked
0: do, into. Do they? Do you know about after? Do like are they yep. end up at shops?
2: I try. Um, I keep track as best I can. Um, a lot of times they will go to a pre-release center and there's a program here called culinary arts program Mm. in the pre-release center for the women. And so a lot of them go over there. And so then they kind of have to get in the restaurant industry after that program. Um, but I have gotten, I want to say three people since I've been here in seven years, which doesn't sound like a lot. Uh, but everybody has a different, path if that makes sense uh, most a lot of people don't get to go to their hometown where they committed their crime so they'll have to go over to Missoula or Butte Um, and so those people a lot of times will just take the first job that they can get Um, and so I will always reach out to them if I know they have a crappy job and remind them like hey I can help you try to get a job you know still here for you would you um, would
0: Steven kind of awkward question for you but like would you hire someone or have you hired someone with a record
2: i um i haven't personally hired someone with a record well obviously everyone i hire has a record in here but um i would recommend that you at least hire them or hear their story because a lot of them do have a lot of accountability for their crime and they have a lot of training so they're great people to try but i can't really guarantee that they'll be as good at working outside of prison as they are in because there's not a lot of lot to do in prison besides work um they have court order programming that they take and they can go to hobby and they can go to gym and i don't know what all else there's a million things they can do in prison actually but so they do have to want to work to come here
1: what
0: do you think Uh, Farrag? would you uh
1: Um, so we've worked with a couple temp agencies um, and a couple (laughs) times they've disclosed like this person's been previously convicted of this or that. And um, as long as it's not something that like our team feels uncomfortable about, I'd be open to it. Um, But yeah, it is. It is a little weird. Like I'm not going to be. I'll, I'll be vulnerable for a second. It is a little bit weird for a business to, you know, see that and, and be totally okay with it. And it's probably something we have to get over as a society and learn to, learn to deal with.
2: One thing is that America does incarcerate the most people of any, uh, what do we call ourselves, fancy country. Um, and so I think it's important, even if you have the box on your application that says, are you a felon, to ask the person what their felony is and ask them what they did to make it right. Because I feel like that's the number one thing that people can do is just try to make their lives better. And I give them a canned answer for the, are you a felon question? I say, uh, I made this mistake. Uh, It ruined my life and many other people's. Uh, I went to prison and I did this many years. and now I'm getting out. I'm still a Department of Corrections person. I have a probation and parole officer. And I am just going into the next chapter of continuing to make amends for what I did. And I hope that you'll be a part of making that a success story for me.
0: Hmm. That's a pretty good answer. Fire people? Or are yeah, like are you worried about firing people?
2: I'm not. I've been a manager for, I think, 15 years now, so I've had plenty of it. It's a little easier in here because I don't have um, as much HR presence. I'm managed remotely, um, and so for the most part, I work with the disciplinary committee here. If somebody breaks a prison rule, Mm -hmm. and then that's really easy, I just... uh,
0: what about misprinting a whole order? No, or, uh, no, no. no.
2: <laughs> um, I wouldn't. I would not do that. Um, I have. That is probably the biggest expense that our ha- shop has is rework, and it's not even bad. It's not outside the industry standard. Um, but we do have people who they just have a lot of priorities when they're in prison. So, um, an example is they have a video visit with a family member who's going through you know law trouble or something and they're getting their kids taken away or um they have court order programming that they have to do so their ability to be present isn't always like maxed out yeah um and so we have reprinted entire runs of sweatshirts or entire runs of uniforms that the logos were washing off or um what is the other problem? Oh, one you time you have
0: to get like Ryan Casperian in there or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and it's <laughs> not a consultant. Bad. Like I, said, I have them run the numbers on it, and you know we don't really exceed one percent, so I don't worry too much about it.
0: Well, how, okay, so you said each inmate um, costs about fifty thousand a year to house, feed, you know, and, and take care of. Um, yeah. Do you know what the effect that you've had, maybe on the people that work there, to bring that down, or is that analytically no? Hard to prove?
2: Montana's DOC isn't really fancy enough to, you know, collect those statistics. I'm sure okay. you could find them federally. Interesting. A great yeah. um, there's a national. What is it called? NCIA. It stands for National Correctional Industries Association,
1: mm-hmm. and I'm
2: sure that they have statistics like that, kind of for all of the programs. So one of the things I didn't finish telling you about my shop that's really unique is that, um, in my sewing program, I have what's called a PICEP program that stands for prison industries certification enhancement program. It started in 1979 as a way to convince the federal government to open up a clause that says that they can buy prison made goods. And so, uh, they started this certification program. We have to pay the inmates the 10th percentile of the prevailing wage in the industry that they work in. And so in the sewing area, that's like $10.69 an hour. And we can take up to 80% of that back. Um, What we do is they can send a check home to their families. Uh, They have a mandatory savings account. There's a victim compensation fund that we pay into. And then the biggest portion, I think it's like 35%, is room and board. And that just goes back into our programs to build more programs and add educational opportunities to our programs. So when I was busy, I had six sewing machines, one bar tacker, and one serger, and they were all going at once. Mm, but I wow. recently lost some business with Sims Fishing Company and Jelt Belt. So. Jelt Belt is a certified B Corp. Do you guys know what that is?
0: I've heard it's yeah, some before. sort of nonprofit uh something. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not technically a nonprofit, but basically what it means is that this company, uh this for-profit company, uh exists for reasons that are beyond a profit. Um and so Jelt Belt has all the recycled materials in their products. They used to take so much pride in working at the Montana Women's Prison. And uh they have something else oh they give a lot of money back to their community they have a special place in their heart for people with special needs and so they give money to all of the special needs groups in the bozeman area got it and so uh b corp stopped certifying companies who use prison labor so we actually lost our gel belt contract because of that Hmm. And she loves us and she still wants to use us, Um, she's always looking for ways, she'll buy her employee gifts through us and um, just any kind of random side project that she can think of, Um, but for now her production is just being done by uh, some of her friends and then uh, she tries to employ women in rural areas. Um, And so I do think that there's opportunities for inmates leaving this program to go to work for Jelt Belt. Right. Almost no matter where they go. That makes sense. One interesting thing about people in prison is that 90% of them leave. And so they leave into any community in the state of Montana. Um, So if you think about uh, the people that live around you, the people that are in your families. You know, there's always somebody that is on the outside edge or uh, that doesn't, you know, doesn't quite fit. You know, if that person came into your community and they didn't have any job skills and they came out of prison more of a thug than they were when they came in, uh, how safe would that make your community feel? Um, whereas what we try to do is make sure that they have all those skills so that when they get in those communities, they can continue their path of recovery. So, Thank you. wow, that's Esther, the mission.
1: If if there is one thing you wanted people to hear, this is the first time I've learned about this, which is really really interesting, and I'm, I'm probably going to do a bunch more research on this. But if there's one thing you want, um, one message to get out, or or one thing you love screen printers to hear, what what would that be?
2: So one thing is that I already mentioned that I want employers to at least. Um, inquire about the felon box and not just have it right in their policy that if you have a felony your application doesn't make it past the desk because a lot of times these people have done a lot of work to make up for what they did I think they do spend the time they take there is every single opportunity to get well while you're in prison. The Montana Women's Prison has not only vocational education, but they have regular basic education. Um, they have tons of volunteers that come in here and teach everything under the sun, from personal finance to um, you know, Bible studies and um, therapy. You can get all the kinds of therapy in prison. Um, When I first started here, I didn't think there was much therapy. There were therapists that work here, but I never had a worker that was like, I got to go to therapy. And now they're all like, I have my therapy appointment. So um, they've definitely got that, you know, established thoroughly. So that's kind of one of the main things is that the um, screen print embroidery shops, really any businesses out there um, take a chance on a felon. Um, I did it in my own business. Um, when I first started here, I rented my basement to a guy that came out of pre-release and it worked out really well. Uh, he rented from me for over a year. He always paid rent on time. Uh, he had a couple friends that were a little bit sketchy, but I told him one time not to bring someone back that threw a little temper tantrum in our driveway and uh, he never did. So. Uh, That went really well, it was a positive experience, and I would do it again. The next time it wasn't so good, uh, I posted and I got a lot of people from pre-release, and unfortunately I have access to all their records, and so I could just tell by how many times they had been in trouble uh, that it probably wasn't their time. yeah. And so that is something that employers can do is just look into someone's background, see how many charges they have over, you know, that's public information over the course of the years. And if they're, you know, if they've repeated 10 times, that might not be the best person to make the, you know, to take the chance on. But um, if it's only their second time, like they need something. The shops in Montana um to know that we're here and that we hire and train we give really great training i mentioned forklift training but we also do OSHA 10 and i think i said all the main ones but the ladies here can get a pre-apprenticeship in administrative assistant courses and so they're pretty much capable of doing almost anything you need in your shop and they would start by snapping t-shirts or scrubbing the floor um so if you have a chance to hire a felon, please You know, please give me a call and I'll tell you about that person and how good they were and what their challenges are. Um, and then finally, I'm looking for, I'm gonna try to build a customer base this year of private companies who are not sending their goods over state lines, so it could be gift shops or work groups or almost anything. Um, because I want to start the Picep programs in screen printing and embroidery so that I can pay those ladies more and they can send money home to their families.
0: That's awesome. Love it. Wait, Is, love is it, there love a it, place it. where if, if somebody wanted to reach out for to hire or, or there's no like website or something, how does that work? Yeah, can they, you can can they email the, you?
2: Yep. They can send an email to me at E W E I S at M T dot G-O-V, Okay. Or they can, check out our website is kind of terrible but it is on the department of corrections website for montana and we're called montana correctional enterprises and you can also see all of the other programs that we have um not just at the women's prison but at the men's prison they have a print and sign shop they have a ranch they have a dairy um they have a, a what is that called a super fancy laundry service um, they have a food factory, so they serve 13,000 meals every day. Um, they send them to the men's prison. The state hospital is right down the road, and all the little detention facilities and pre-releases that are in the area. Wow. They have a in fa- in fact, there's 75. There. Um, and that is called, I don't know what that's called, but they have a store downtown where they sell all the hobby items. The men's prison makes a lot more like horsehair items, uh, leather work. I'm trying to think of what else. Um, They do a ton of art. um, And there's a hobby store right on Main Street in Deer Lodge, Montana, where you can check out all of their work. You can contract an inmate to make you something custom. Uh, I just had bought a whole bunch of paper folded Christmas ornaments that are really cool. um, And I bought all my Christmas cards from there. So it's a great way to kind of support people that maybe aren't a fit for a traditional work environment. um, And then that gives them money to make their phone calls and stuff. There's also community work in Deer Lodge where they go to uh, the cemetery and they keep the grounds at the cemetery. And then a couple of government buildings where they do janitorial services. So Billings city government isn't quite as... uh, I want to say accepting of putting inmates in the community because uh, they're, they're the ones terrorizing our communities. And so uh, we have a lot of small crime here, um, robbery. There's been a lot of shootings, things like that. So they're just not excited. There's a big public safety push. Um, and so we have a fence clearance here where I can get them a pink shirt Um, and they can go outside the fence with me to accept deliveries or to set up a piece of equipment. Um, and so I usually have two or three pink shirts in both programs so that I can take care of that. But they have to be under direct supervision. I have to see them all the time when they're outside.
0: Uh, Esther, This is really cool. I I just want to say thanks for jumping on so quick and and sharing the story about this. Uh, it's E-W-E-I-S at mt.gov. We'll drop the stuff uh, in the description as well for people if they want to reach out. But thank you again. Appreciate it.